0: I'm Esther Pan-Sloan, Head of Partnerships, Policy, and Communications at the United Nations Capital Development Fund. Welcome to Season 3 of Capital Musings, UNCDF's podcast, where we are focusing on fresh ideas and new innovations that serve our mandate to make finance work for the poor in the world's least developed countries. You can find our Capital Musings podcast on Apple, Spotify, or our website, www.uncdf.org. The theme of Season 3 is The Road to Doha. We will be exploring issues relevant to the LDCs ahead of the 5th UN Conference on the Least Developed Countries in Doha, Qatar in 2022. Today, we're speaking with Taiwo Okwar, Vice President of Investments at the Africa Finance Corporation based in Lagos, Nigeria. Taiwo, it's a pleasure to have you with us.
1: It's a pleasure. I'm really excited to be with you today, Esther, and thank you for inviting me
0: to the podcast. I'm really looking forward to it. Please tell us about yourself. Where did you grow up? What did you study? And what led you to the AFC? Oh
1: wow. Great question. I spent my former TV years in Nigeria. So I am Nigerian but also British. So I grew up in Nigeria and then moved to the United Kingdom for further education. I studied at the University of Exeter in the United Kingdom. Studied economics and finance, which sets the background with what I'm doing today. I work at the Africa Finance Corporation, which is a multilateral development institution in Africa, shorting for AFC. So AFC is an institution with a mandate to develop infrastructure across Africa. And uh, what I do on a day-to-day basis is to invest in infrastructure. As you can imagine, Africa has a huge infrastructure deficit and one of my passion is to, you know, make a positive impact in the life of Africa. Africans to live a better life, Africa to position itself with the rest of the world and uh, really become much more financial and economic empowered. You grew up in the UK and moved to Africa
0: to join the AFC.
1: What was that like? Pretty interesting. So I moved back to the UK at age 16 to further my education. And I think that's very typical for most people with dual nationality, to move to the UK for the dedication. And that was you know, one of the key things my parents drove us to do. So I think at the time I left Nigeria, for example, the education system wasn't great. And Nigeria was also transitioning from a dictatorship to a democracy. So there was very limited opportunities for advancement of education and economic prosperity. Coming back to Africa has been a full circle for me because I grew up here, then lived in the United Kingdom for 20 years and back to Africa. I've always had a passion to come back and give back and make a positive impact. To your question, in terms of the changes, I would say there has been, from an educational point of view, There's still a lot to do with respect to giving opportunities for young Africans. Africa comprises of the biggest percentage of young population. So it's important that the education sector is fully developed. There's a lot of investment that's required to, to empower Africa from the human capital perspective. So that's something that needs to be done. I think in terms of economic prosperity, there's still a lot to do. And one of the things we do at AFC Africa Finance Corporation is to invest in infrastructure to really mobilize infrastructure development for the continent. But the deficit is huge, for we can't rest on the laurels as Africans. <laughs> and we have to we have to continue to do more to invest and deploy capital to a really industrialize Africa to become better.
0: The AFC focuses on infrastructure investment across Africa. Tell us about how it works. Okay, so infrastructure for
1: us is really a sector that is really meant to mobilize in the economy. So when you think about infrastructure, we focus mainly on the economic infrastructure. So in AFC, we're set up to invest across four different sectors. The sectors range from natural resources, oil and gas, and then mining. And Africa is a continent with vast amount of resources from a natural oil and gas point of view and also mining. If you think about where the fourth industrial revolution is going, climate change, energy transition, Africa has a lot of resources which needs to be, you know, mobilized and developed to make the continent a much richer place. The other sector which AFC also focuses on is the on power sector. There's a huge amount of deficit on content with respect to energy. So electrification, mobilizing renewable energy. So that's an area that we focus on as well. AFC was created shy over 12 years ago. We are invested in 35 African countries and we've deployed over $8 billion in, in capital. So we've made it progress. The other area we also focus is on transportation and logistics. As you can imagine as well, Africa is very vast with 54 countries, but in terms of connectivity and transportation, it's still lacking a lot. So AFC is invested in transportation, roads, seaports in a number of countries. And then we also invest in heavy industries and telecoms as well. So what do I mean by that? heavy industries focuses on refineries and we focus on key sectors that lead to industrialization. And then telecoms, media and telecoms, a big area as well. So we tend to focus on that. Overall, we are mandated to think about, be a solution provider to really mobilize development and infrastructure across the continent.
0: Many investors are moving away from sectors like mining and oil and gas because of impact concerns. Why are these still important sectors for Africa?
1: Thank you for asking It is a very good question. When I started by saying that AFC was created with the mandate to develop infrastructure on the continent, and it might sound a little bit controversial, but I think uh, the message from AFC is that Africa is at a different point of development when you compare with the rest. We are still very focused on investing and developing Africa, but from a sustainable point of view. So we at the institution know that for Africa to develop, the natural resources still needs to be mobilized. Oil and gas and mining are critical areas for Africa because we have a vast amount of resources. So we can't ignore those areas, but what we want to do is to ensure that these resources are being deployed in a sustainable manner. So that's one of the things that we're focusing on, particularly on, you know, on the ESG side of things. AFC has always prided itself on making sure that we implement frameworks around environmental, social and governance perspective when we invest in mining across Africa. We've invested in a number of mines in Guinea, we invested in Gabon and ESG is always one of the key focus of us because we can't afford not to take care of those areas when it comes to deployed capital. So the question is, we want to industrialize Africa. And at the same time, we're conscious of the climate change transition. So we will continue to do this in a very sustainable manner. But we can't say no to financing those natural resources that will enable Africa to develop it itself. Yeah. So, it's, so I think what I'm trying to say is that it's important for people to understand the Africa context when it comes to energy transition and climate. Let me just add something Esther, I think one of the things that we are also doing as an institution as well, is we're part of this cohort of DFI. So putting put it together on Africa mineral strategy. And AFC is working with a number of other DFIs to formulate this strategy. Like you mentioned, it's important. The energy transition relies a lot on those minerals and a lot of these minerals are relocated in Africa. So we want to ensure that while a lot of the value addition at the moment is not on the continent, we want to make sure that Africa looks to benefit from the next revolution, which we expect to deploy in and investing in this uh, in the new minerals for the future.
0: The AFC focuses on infrastructure investment across Africa. Tell us about how it works.
1: So AFC, I said it was uh, created in 2007, and AFC is owned by sovereign states and also by commercial banks and institutions. We also have ownership from other DFIs and other sovereign governments as well. So we have the Africa Development Bank and Badia, who is another development bank, being an owner in AFC. And then we also have a number of commercial banks as well. We've invested in 35 countries at the moment and always looking to grow and mobilize capital all across Africa. Because Africa, is not one state, just imagine. There's a lot of diversity from the English, Anglophone, and then the Francophone countries as well. In terms of raising capital, AFC is the second highest rated institution on the continent. We are rated A3 by Moody's. And the good news, I think, before coming on board with you is that AFC's rating was actually changed from a negative outlook to a stable outlook by Moody's. Despite the COVID, we are looked on very favorably because we've been able to deliver performance numbers and also AFC's highly respected as well. We have been able to raise capital a couple of years ago, raised a green bond, which was highly oversubscribed. So when AFC goes to the capital market to raise money, it's looked up in a very positive way. AFC also raises equity. We're capitalized by our equity investors. But we are really prominent when it comes to raising debt finance. The record speaks for itself because we've been rated over the last five years and been able to maintain that rating by leading rating agencies as well. The last time um, we went to the market about a couple of months ago to raise a $750 million bond was uh, three times as oversubscribed as the lowest ever rated yield. So we are rated in a very positive thing. I think Africa tends to get a negative stick globally when it comes to the world, but I think it's only when you get involved in Africa, you'll be able to understand the narrative of Africa and the amount of positive work that the likes of AFC and other development finance institutions are doing on the continent to improve Africa. One of the interesting things we've done is we invested along with the government of Gabon in a platform. So essentially, an economic zone platform. So at that time, it was the highest AFC's so equity investment and it was a collaboration. And since then, this has been multiplied in the sense that it's been able to attract other investors to come into this idea. The idea was to create a special economic zone with the government of Gabon to invest in ports, to invest in other minerals. And then after the success, the likes of um, AP Mula and other investors want to come in. So AFC started off with the government of Gabon and started crystallized to something much bigger. In terms of equity returns, it ranges where definitely double digits. They range for 15%, 20% returns for us. AFC, we're able to write bigger checks because at the end of the day, these projects require a huge amount of capital to invest. But we like to also partner with people as well because you don't want to take all the risk. You want to share the risk. So that's something that we particularly to look at when we put together a transaction. What's interesting for me since moving to Africa is that You need to look at Africa with a slightly different lens. If you look at a transaction, when it comes to your table and you want to tick all the boxes, you're not going to do it. What we do at AFC is to keep a very open mind and become a solution provider to try to make it work. And that's what's really been the drive of our success over the last several years. To find the solutions, to be creative, and then to be able to come come up with a lot of innovative ideas and then do the investment. That's the DNA of AFC.
0: AFC has a goal to build 2.2 megawatts of renewable energy capacity across Africa in four years. What will it take to reach that goal?
1: Yeah, that's one of the key initiatives at the moment for AFC. The idea is for us to, to build this renewable energy platform. And there's a real strong focus to do that. One of the key things we want to do is to really you know, build the portfolio. At the moment, we have a portfolio of about 400 megawatts or so. So it's essentially you know. Think about multiplying that by times five or something. So there's a number of strategies to do more acquisition financing, to be able to accelerate, to be able to achieve that objective. And the other aspect is also to even develop our own projects. So what AFC does also, we have a unique project development, PD. So when you think of PD, think of it as a more like a VC unit. So what we want to do is to create our own projects. Because when you look at Africa, a lot of people see unbankable projects and they will not touch it. But what AFC does, we have a project development unit, which prepares the project to a bankable stage. So we're doing a lot more in project development across different sectors, but in power is a big example. So we want to create our own pipeline of projects. So that's another area to be able to get to that renewable, two gigawatt renewable portfolio. We're also doing a number of greenfield projects as well across a number of continents. The the focus, if we can do this renewable energy platform in the next three years, the idea is to be able to attract other investors to come on board with AFC. And then the objective is to list this renewable energy platform on one of the markets. It could be London, it could be anywhere else. So it's a big focus
0: initiative for us at the moment. Please tell us about a transaction or deal that you've done that you are particularly proud of. So I would say, without
1: giving too much away, I would say one of the transactions I'm looking at at the moment, which is almost about you get to the end, has been very interesting. Because I think with AFC, like I said, we're African-focused. We want to promote African champions. So currently working with um, a company looking to become more vertically integrated across the petroleum industry value chain. This company is already an existing portfolio AFC, but then they came to us because they want to become bigger. They want to become vertically integrated. So it's a company that was started by a bunch of Africans, and that was an attractive thing, and we've been with them for a while. So I think one of the things that I am particularly proud of is that, A, we're supporting an African-founded company to become an African champion. That's a big take, right? And then the other aspect is even being able to help the companies and acquisition financing. So there is an integration process along the way. There is working with company to bring in more resources, to improve their governance structure. So for me, that's not something I've been involved before. So it was a great learning experience and just being able to make everything come together holistically, something I'm very proud of because usually the financing transaction, if you're working a very experienced sponsor, it's very simple. So here we're having to do a lot of work with the company to bring them along the journey. So for me, that's really rewarding because you learn a lot. B, supporting a business which has a lot of room to grow, expand and develop, become more vertically integrated. And then you're helping the company expand from a human capital point of view, process point of view, and then become a, a much more fully fledged and institutionalized organization. So the goal is this company needs to become more institutionalized to be able to attract additional capital for the future. So yeah, that's something that I'm really proud of. So, and the other aspect is also to exit to other institutional investors. We've done exits in power sector to another platform. So another AFC partnered with another investment group to create a power platform. So the idea was to contribute different assets into that platform, create a governance structure, create a plan to acquire more assets, and then eventually list on the capital market. So student investors are the people that we partner with for XA.
0: What is the biggest misconception investors have about Africa?
1: Interesting question. I think is the risk. There's no transactional deal that is a risk-free. So it's important to understand your risk appetite. I would say a lot of investment, I think, in Africa requires patient capital, especially when it comes to infrastructure. So that's deals in Africa, then stick long. And I refer back to the project development uh, unit, which AFC has um, created over the last several years and has led to a pipeline of our transactions. So I would say really understanding your risk appetite is one of the fundamental things as well. And work with Africa institutions who are African-focused to help you on that journey. I think that makes in the likes so of AFC, I think, who understand the continent, who've been on the continent. I think that if you're like a foreign investor looking to come to Africa, Working with institutions like ours is, it's a big plus because we, we on ground. We understand a lot of the nuances can be regulatory, political, social. So that's something that, um, I would encourage investors who are outside and looking to come into Africa to do business. There is risk in every transaction, but you can manage that. And then you, you, capital also needs to be a little bit patient when it comes to invest in Africa. Average ticket size, we would do from 50 million US dollars upwards. We've written bigger checks depending on the scale and size of the transaction. But I would say minimum ticket size, $50 million. We're a uh, dollar-denominated institution. And then we also play across the capital structure as well. We do senior debt, we do junior debt, we do equity, we do convertibles, we do mezzanine. We are very flexible. We will provide the right financial products that we feel is uh, suitable for a particular investment. So we're not constrained in that angle as well. And also even for the sector like natural resources, which I'm currently focused on, we, we would do things like streaming, offtake, royalties, which is very, very relevant to that particular space. So we are very innovative
0: in terms of the um, products that we play as well. Taiwo, you founded a financial education group for women called Femme Minty. What does it do?
1: Okay, so Femme Minty is. Let me just take a step back. So I relocated back to Africa four and a half years ago and haven't been away for 20 years or so. I was looking for a way to deepen my connection back to Africa. And I wanted to make a positive impact and founding a financial education platform for women was something, was an idea that came to me as a way for me to do that, to deepen my connection and also make a positive impact. I think a lot of Africa is a little bit patriotic in in a sense. So I felt that women being financially empowered and educated was one way to do that. So Faminti is uh, a financial education platform with the mission to educate young women, girls to become much more financially empowered, make the right financial decision with respect to earning money, spending money and also investing. Right, because I think it cuts across different parts of the world that financial education is not like in the curriculum. I know so in the United States and Canada, other places are including the curriculum, but still in a lot of places, we're not taught. Make money, most of the time we spend money, but in terms of the foundational concepts, we don't read, we're not taught. So teas was created to teach women. And I think even men, because when I think of some of my workshops and things I've organized on social media, men are very interested in this money management is not Gender centric. What I do is, um, is all in my own time as well <laughs> to really empower women to make sound financial decisions and become financially empowered.
0: What one thing would you change if you could to accelerate investment into Africa?
1: Well, interesting question. I think that there's a lot of money available to invest in Africa. I don't think liquidity is the child. People want to invest in Africa, people want to get returns for their capital. So, I think what my view is, and people should just open up their minds and willing to take a little bit more with respect to investing in Africa. And like I said, a little bit more patient capital because when AFC goes to the market, there is no shortage of people wanting to invest in AFC's bond or raising capital. But it's really being able to develop that capital, which is the challenge. Projects take a long time to get to close. Sometimes projects are not prepared properly. So I think maybe having more capital. Take a little bit more risk at the beginning on the value chain, preparing projects. I know there's a lot of concessional financing out there, but just at the early, when there's more preparation, a little bit more open-mindedness at the beginning of the project, I think then we'll be able to see more project flow, more opportunities and more development and deal pipeline flowing through as opposed to people waiting for the project to be all prepared and all fired and put in the capital. So I think that's what's really going to help and accelerate infrastructure in the development in Africa.
0: Thanks so much, Taiwo.
1: Thank you very much as for the invitation. I've really enjoyed this session and I look
0: forward to partnering and working with UNCDF on future opportunities. Thank you so much. And thanks also to our audience for tuning into UNCDF's podcast, Capital Musings. Once again, you can find us on Apple, Spotify, and our website, www.uncf.org. If you found this episode useful, please spread the word on Twitter, hashtag Capital Musings, or leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews help new listeners discover our podcast. So if you enjoyed listening, please leave a review. Thanks, and until next time.